from Team Chevrolet at Ann and 95, it's Cofield and Company. I could not believe the amount of ignorance out there of people who did not even understand that the Coyotes were paying for this up front. Oh, so how did that yeah. message not get through? The Tempe First people who were against this project were pushing these other projects. We could build this or we could build that. Guess who's going to foot the bill for that? The taxpayers. Yeah. Which wouldn't have been the case had they built this district. They believe it's the last real primo bulk of land in Tempe. So are we sure with this last jewel of real estate that we want to give it to a hockey team? Heck yeah. Yeah, you do. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Well, that's a good piece of audio because you never know what's going on on local radio when it comes down to these stadium and arena projects. And last night, Tempe, uh, I don't know, what's a good basketball analogy? I was going to say smacked them off the glass, but that doesn't work. Uh, basketball analogy. Swatted him into the crowd. Oh my God! Just a freaking cross-checked, cross-checked the uh, the Yotes project. But that was uh, Bickley, and I'm blanking on the other guy's name from 98.7 in Phoenix, and they're saying the voters at Tempe were stupid. That this is all privately financed, and you could have had this all built for you, and you turned it down. It's just the, all these negative forces and Tempe that didn't want the Coyotes project that, to get done. That the Coyotes flagship? I don't know. Can we look that up? Vast uh, lookup crew. I don't know. What it, you know what it brought back was, and the station does not exist anymore because I, I don't know what the deal was, how they folded in, but Extra, was it 1360? It doesn't matter. Extra in San Diego could not have done a better, well, they could have done a better job, but they tried their asses off to push the vote, yes, on the Charger Stadium project in Mission Valley. And it got crushed yeah. over two-thirds. 66-plus percent said no, no. And really the reason was, and I'll you know, quote them, we hate Dean Spanos. That was a big part of the reason. And I remember like the depression in the voices of the host, who I'm guessing management told him, like, get behind this. This is good for us as a radio station. Oh, yeah. And so they spread that message, and the public was like, we don't care. We don't think it's good. We don't like this guy. And you know what? I'll give you a – because, again, I'm not going to accuse – this. you know, Bickley and his buddy, they actually could believe that this is a great project, that that landfill project that got, you know, just voted down, that the proposal got voted down, that, that, hey, that was a great deal. They can believe that. And I'm not accusing that station of saying, hey, you got to back this. You know, or like the San Diego station, it felt like you got to back the Chargers vote. I will tell you, in our building, no one has come to us on the A's thing and said, you better freaking line up behind this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've actually never done it. Well, I mean, and obviously, they, and, and in a way, if they have, we didn't get the message because yeah, we, we they, have not But they've now, I'll, I'll just tell you, because they wouldn't come to you. As you know, They'd come to me about it, and they've never done that. Which I actually think is kind of the way it should be. Even though having the Raiders in town has has grown our group a lot. We have a Raider-branded yeah, station. No we question. like being partners partners with the Raiders. We like being partners with the well, Golden Knights. It's the we biggest. like being partners. Think about it. We're partners with the Aviators going, the, the organization going back like 25-plus years. Yeah. And no, I haven't had anyone from the Aviators go, you mother, you know, well, it's one, it's call one up the, and say, you better back this well, as an A's affiliate. I would think the Aviators would not want it. Uh, but I, I also, I mean, I get it. But, I mean, it's one of the biggest questions I get from people, which is, doesn't this help you? Personally, yeah, yeah, of course it does. Yes, yeah. Of course, 
but I'm also a citizen. I'm also a person that lives here, and I'm also somebody who wants the right things. And again, I'm not even totally against public money for a stadium. No. Again, listen to what we're saying. Right. We it, it, happened we the sta- it happened with the football deal, too. It with the Raiders. I Get- still have people that come up to me, and they're like, you fought against this stadium. No. Fought against the we deal. fought against the deal. Yeah. And that's what's happening again. Look at the deal. Don't look at the money or if you want a team or if you want a stadium. It's kind of irrelevant. At some point, we're going to get a baseball team, and we're going to get a stadium. Let's get the right deal. That's what we said about football. And the money was fine with football. The deal wasn't great. Here, they're both kind of out of whack. So let's just get the right deal. Let's get the right team, and let's have baseball here. We love it. We want it. Let's get the right one. I shouldn't say it this way, but I will. I finally got around to kind of – Wrapping my head around what Devontae Adams was saying. We touched on it a little bit yesterday. I mean, when you look at kind of straight out what he talked about, not being on board with what the Raiders did in the offseason, wait, what? I mean, I appreciate the honesty. And I think he's he aligns with a lot of the fans who are like, what just happened? What happened with Carr to Garoppolo? What happened to the draft and getting a bunch of defensive help? Why is Darren Waller gone? So what do you make of this? Adam's convo and these quotes where he's like, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I'm totally down with what's going on. I'm, st- I'm still a little bit out of, on, the, on exactly what he said just because I read the quotes probably 30 times. I've read the story right. probably 10 times, and I'm not knocking the story. I just think a lot of times when you have a quote and then it's contextualized by a writer, and look, I do it too. That's my job. Right. Sometimes you're like, wait, what was the question that – arrived at this quote the front office thinks this is the best bet for us right now to put us in a position to be urgent we don't see eye to eye on what we think is best for us right now which which again when i read that quote i'm like wait he doesn't think they should have been urgent and he thinks they were is that what he's saying that doesn't make like is he saying they should have tried to rebuild because the other quotes are saying he doesn't want to be a part of rebuilding so, like, I don't understand. And, again, this is not a knock on Devontae. I think Devontae is very, very careful with his words. I think he's very good with his words. Um, as somebody who has interviewed him many times, I think he's incredible at expressing what he wants to say. But what exactly was the question that led him to say this? Like, I don't know. And, and I would love – I would have loved it if this was, like, an audio interview that was out there. But it sounds like it was several hours of an interview – and obviously what we do as you know, media is we'll take the interview and we'll, we'll contextualize it and put it into written form. And um, I, I just I don't know exactly where that comment came from, because, of course, what is the first thing that Devontae did when this interview drops? Post a picture of himself and Dave Ziegler and called him the man. So like what? So is he did he not like how the interview was portrayed? Did he not like how the quotes came out? Does he not agree with what was said? You, you know, know him a lot better than I do. You've had some good personal conversations, sure. and, and he actually he got he got a little miffed at you last year, but then had a good I, conversation I, after. But I, I feel like, and I can respect this. I feel like this is about the fifth or sixth time that he said or done something, and and we reacted, and then he came back the next day upon further thought and was like, eh, maybe I didn't approach it the right way, or maybe I got to smooth this over a little bit on the second go around. It's happened a bunch of times. Yeah, well, and, and my, I know, like I can speak to my situation in particular was I asked him a question, he reacted a certain way um, because it was about he – was, he was announced as the pace car driver at the Speedway. Right. And I wanted to write strictly a story about him driving a pace car. Did he ever want to do that? Did he ever want to be a race car driver? 
What you know? Stick to football. Who cares? And he he reacted in a way of not liking the question. He thought it, he thought it was a gotcha question that you were going to suggest that he is, his focus wasn't on football. That he's distracted from the game. Right. That, that which, he's which not, I like when they were struggling. When they, I heard you struggling. ask the question, I was like that. I and, but I know you, and he doesn't. Yeah, I know so, what you're doing. I know that you know how you're going to. I don't always know what you're going to write, but I get it. So I, it was literally a hey. I really literally wanted to write a feature about not even a feature like a small story about. Hey, this is cool. You're driving. You're driving a pace car. That's awesome. Have you ever wanted to do that? Did you ever want to be a race car driver when you grew up? Is this something that's new to you? What do you think? And that's there was no, you know, other meaning to it. There was no nothing else to it. And he reacted in a way of I'm not going to answer those questions right now. And, and kind of said it was a stupid question. But the vibe was so weird too. It was and it was so and, weird. I was like, I don't get what, then, why, what's happening. And then the reaction from social media was, you were suggesting that he wanted to drive fast like Henry Ruggs. Which, that was the that, vibe. I forgot that was the other one. That yeah. was the vibe from social media. So Jesus. then, when he saw that reaction, he came to me the next day and he was like, "That's not. Yeah. That is not what I thought you were asking. I just couldn't answer a non-football question when we're zero and three and struggling, and it makes it sound like I'm not focused on what we're doing on the field." And I got that, and we had a good conversation about it. But fans still right. were like, "You were asking him. You were comparing him to Henry Ruggs." No, I wasn't. No. And so that that was in, in your case of hey, he had to come back and clarify his comments. He didn't have to. He did it just because he wanted to make sure. Oh, I didn't mean. I didn't mean he 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 has to when he does it. I think he thinks about it. Yeah. and chooses to well, do he's it. He's incredibly thoughtful. Right. Like he he, I would say if anything, he overthinks what he's saying most of the time. And this is an off this is an off season interview. It was if you read the if you read the full story, it was at his house in his basement. Sounds like it was an incredibly relaxed interview, uh, where maybe maybe over the course of several hours things were said, and he's like, wait, that was kind of not out of context necessarily, but. This was in the grand scheme of a lot of things that were said. Like, where did this part come from? And by the way, the first people that aggregated this were, was ESPN yesterday and blew it up. Didn't even include this stuff. They talked about the the Aaron Rodgers stuff where he said, I wanted to prove I could do this without Aaron Rodgers. And then this other stuff was like, well, wait, this is more kind of juicy or salacious, if you want to say it. But what did he mean by it? I don't know. I don't know what he was asked. Team Chevy, here on a Wednesday, Cofield and Company, uh, hanging out. In the showroom, we got a great giveaway doing it at the end of the show. We've had uh, some people come by, sign up, but a really good chance to win a 50-inch Samsung. Smart TV. Next-level stuff. All you got to do is sign up. Come to the showroom, sign up. They're also giving away CONCACAF tickets. They've got a contest for that. Got a Silverado full of a bunch of soccer balls. You guess the number of balls there. We got free food from Porta Subs. We got some VGK Swag, including a uh, matching gold hat, gold jacket. Now, if I was uh, scarless, I would just take it. I think the SO would like that, but we're not going to do that. You can sign up. And when that, Mateo is in charge of uh, securing all of the prizes. There's a lot of pressure on him right now, including the TV. He's, he's watching the – he's wa- not actually watching I think, the TV. I think he was just offered a bribe, and he turned it down. He, he will always turn it down. Yeah. We, know, we know him. It was good. Um, also want to mention the fact that uh, they got a big sale going on right now, anniversary sale, uh, 2023 Chevy Traverse. On sale for thirty six two eighty five, so well below MSRP. There, there's Silverados everywhere. If you come out to any Chevy dealer, but especially Team Chevy, the supply of Silverados is crazy. I, I cannot believe the amount of trim packages. Like there, there are trucks that are, like I, if I got in, I'd be like, this is too good for me. I'm just not. I'm not worthy. You know, I can see that. I'm not. Wor- I'm not. Too, too I'm not worthy. Too well, comfortable. also too powerful for my uh, lead foot. But uh, you guys can choose from a great selection of Silverados, so they've got those all over the lot as well. Got a uh, 
$6,600 savings on the 2023 LT, under 43 grand. So huge selection of Silverados on the lot here at Team Chevy. So we were just talking about the Lakers and Nuggets, and I enjoyed the fact, because I think he's right, that Chad Andrus, a Denver guy, Chad Andrus, a Denver guy for the longest time. Uh, Chad did national radio, though, uh, back with guys like JT the Brick at Sports Fan Radio Network. So he knows the, the national level as well that he really went in on Greeny. And it's always one of the things about Mike Greenberg that I kind of wondered about. Um, is he really a viewer of the NBA, a true viewer of the NBA, that he should be the lead on this? Um, I know every you know there's a lot of stuff that went down with uh, Rachel Nichols, but she's really a basketball person. The NBA is her thing. And when Greeny went in there, I'm like, I, I don't know, man. And then you had Chad come on just a couple minutes ago, and he's like, I don't think that he's watched Jokic much. Well, it's when you after th- his bedtime. When you throw out the line, well, it's also the Northeast Corridor thing. Yeah. When you throw out the line that Nikola Jokic is being introduced to the country, which I think I put in the rundown, I'm like, I knew this was going to happen with a multiple-time MVP that some of the media narrative would be like, oh, my God, this guy, he's, he's, he's really good. He's so good. He's been really good. But the Nuggets have not been. It's because of this region, like we say all the time. Uh our area, Denver, Salt Lake, it really is like sports Siberia. People in the Northeast Corridor, they just, you know, they assume these are like small cities and irrelevant and don't matter. We have a little leg up because of the brand of Vegas, but they're not, a lot of times, national people are not informed. We, we heard, we heard like, you know, shock from Michael Wilbon, who again is a DC guy about the Sacramento Kings. Like, well, wow, they're good. Yeah. You're just watching? I mean, you're on the NBA coverage. Last night was crazy. 34, 21, 14, a couple of block shots. Most of in the first half. That's, point, that's points, rebounds, and assists. Um, he had 31 and 19 at the end of the third quarter. I think he got a little bit tired, and the change in coverage screwed him up a little bit when they put a small on him instead of Anthony Davis effectively in the fourth quarter. We talked about the narrative. What are you rooting for, LeBron, to get to another finals and potentially win one or Jokic to break through and get one? I, I, could, I could be 50-50 on this. It's 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 not an easy call. No. It, I have an intense rooting interest for LeBron, but the fact that Jokic hasn't, and I know he's been an MVP, but you also realize like the, the push against him to be the MVP was, I actually think, a lack of respect for his game when people insisted on saying, you just can't do it a third time. Yes, you could. You could do it. Well, I, th- I think there was part of it, and part of it is that for sure, but I think also part of it is, hey, we voted this guy MVP two years in a row, and he disappointed us in the playoffs. Right. And he did. He it made us look dumb. We want payback, right? It made us look dumb. Like the MVP has to win the title. Yeah, I think there is there is part of that. I, I think that's part of the uh, part of the way that they view things. And like, even though it's a regular season award, because he followed up our regular season voting by letting us down and not going all the way in the playoffs, we're not going to make that mistake again. Not that it's a mistake, but that's how they see it. Yeah. By the way, I have to go back for a second to about 10 minutes ago, which I shouldn't do. We were making references to the radio show in Phoenix. Yeah, we, we actually we've had the guy Vince Murata on as a regular. I forgot that it was uh, Bickley and, and, and Vince. So, yeah, we'll have to get him on. I don't think we can do it this week. I can't do. We got it. We got a nobody talk. No, we Yo, I mean, talk. I, no, I'm interested in how it's going to turn out. But with the freaking stadium talk and arena talk and tax districts every freaking day. I'm sure the audience is like, stop. I'm trying. <laughs> it just keeps coming at us in waves. I want to do the Snoop Dogg Ottawa thing and Ryan Reynolds Ottawa thing. We did a little bit yesterday, you know, after 530. Thought they were with, out. Uh, Arda Ocal. Well, for now. 
I mean, I, I think that's another ploy where they're like, we want you know exclusive negotiating window for a month, and we're out. Come back to the table. Stop being babies. A lot of hatred coming out of you today. What, what do you mean hatred? A lot of, a lot of, I'm not mad. At, I'm not. I understand these things happen. I, I, anti, you're anti deal making. You're very pro Ryan Reynolds getting into hockey. Very. Much. I'm very pro Snoop. Make another reality out. show. I think it would be freaking well, awesome. Welcome to Ottawa. It's like welcome to Wrexham. I still haven't watched the show. I got to watch what? it. I know. Season two's coming up soon. I know. Uh, big day of the Saturday, Ferrari. He's going to be on the road. It's not for a uh, Ferrari, but for Ari. Uh, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company on the road. Buffalo Wild Wings out in Henderson. I say out because right now we're in the uh, north at US uh, at 95 and Ann at Team Chevy. But season opener for the Las Vegas Aces. Taking on Seattle. No Becky Hammond, so we'll see how they do without her. I think they'll be fine. Party starts at noon. Ari's going to be on the scene signing people up for some Aces tickets to an upcoming game. It's a watch party. Next to the Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle. Buffalo Wild Wings has a bunch of cool specials right now, but uh, on Saturday you can take advantage of the uh, one-and-one burger deal. You buy a burger, and you can get six wings on the side for just $1. Ari will be in Henderson at Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the season opener of the Aces. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. So you heard of Team Chevy on a Wednesday. Was fired up to see one of our fans, our listeners, Laura, stop by, who lives closer to this side of town, which is um, you know, it's why I'm thrilled to be up north. I actually live you know relatively close here, so for uh, – the rest of Lotus, put us up for all the time. Uh, welcome out here. It's a pain in the butt for Adam, who's on the opposite <laughs> side of town. But I was going to say, settle down. Yeah, you know what? For years, I had to come down to do shows uh, at South Point, so you deal with it. Um, but Laura came by, and she said uh, she was actually re- really nice, like effusive with the praise, where she's like, I'm so happy when local radio comes back on at 3 o'clock. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Um, big baseball fan, big fan of the Aviators, which we don't pop the Aviators enough. Uh, but I said to her, I was like, well, we might be talking about them a lot as they could be sharing a, a stadium for the next couple of years until we you know, get an doing, official determination. On, a lot of shows. On, over there. Yes, we could be there all the time. So you're going to get a lot of aviators content. But uh, also said that uh, she has called in in the past to Festivus, which oh. I actually wonder what she's called about. Interesting. She did say she seemed very nice. I can't imagine she was very mean. Uh, she was like that Ari. And then did one of those, you know how we do that chin flick, Willie and I? That is, yeah. Ooh, yeah. She did that to Ari. Um, as Ari knows, she did none of that. I apologize. She did her. all everything else except mention Ari. Yeah, I apologize to her. For what? Well, she said uh, she just wanted to come down and put uh, faces to the names, and I said, I'm sorry you had to do that. Yeah, I don't know why you would want yeah. to do that. Just <laughs> Why would you want Just to? have an image in your – well, we want you to come down today because we got all these uh, great deals on Chevys and also the 50-inch Samsung TV that we're giving away. We're going to pull a name by the end of the hour. So easy as that. You come in, you sign up, uh, you know, you can win a TV and get a cookie as a, uh, as a prize, and we still got a lot of sandwiches. Um, I don't know who – we could – do we just give the sandwiches to Mateo? We leave it for the hardworking folks here at Team Chevy. Probably leave it for them. I think so. Probably leave it for them. This is a grind. I sold cars for a while. You know that. I know you did. Yeah, it was a grind. I worked hard at it. I didn't want to leave. It's a hard I'm job. very competitive. It's very, it's very competitive so for someone like me who does not like to lose and wants to achieve, which I'm not – that's not building – I'm like – I'm maniacal about it. I was – you remember when that was going on. Oh, yeah. And you would never see me at that house. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. And, and I'll, I'll also say, like – 
instantly people just don't trust you and don't like you. And you talk to the folks around here, and they're great guys and ladies. And you're just like, <laughs> you just feel bad for them. All right. Are you in on Wemby now? Is that what you're calling him? Victor Webanyama, who yeah. was uh, the, you know, the, the prize in the lottery yesterday? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm in on him being a great player. Okay. Am I in on him? Like, am I a fan? No, not unless he gets traded to the dubs. But uh, if, if I was thinking if he went to the Pistons, maybe I would uh, jump back in. But no, that, of course, didn't happen. Who is the greatest prospect in the history of team sports? Is it really Victor Webanyama? That's according to Woj. I still think, like, based on when it started, I mean, I'm probably missing someone who actually did not turn out. But I think the two of the greatest prospects are actually of recent times. I would say was, Bryce Harper, and it was LeBron and Bryce. Yeah. I I, I mean, man, it's tough to tell. Bryce LeBron. was freaking hyped up by the time he was 14 or well, 15 he was on years old, and so like 15. And, and so was LeBron. Yeah, I, both were astronomically hyped prospects. And, and I don't mean hype in a negative way. I mean, there was so much buzz and so much attention on them. And for them to live up to that is wild to me. Yeah. Wild. Because you usually are not, not going to see that happen. I was only, let's say, 12, 13, 14. I think I have the right ear there. When Ralph Sampson was a big deal. I mean, he was a... You were, you were 30. He was a massive deal at seven foot four, And then... Well, to my point the other day. But not, as a not, high schooler not, or when he was in college? Because I imagine at Virginia he was, but not in high school. He was a pretty big recruit. But then once he got into college and he was awesome and, you know, he, was, he wasn't he was a guard. Uh, this guy's this is crazy. This is the next evolution of basketball. No, but he was a big deal. But what happened to Ralph Sampson? Well, at 7'4", he had trouble staying healthy. And he was rail thin. And that was that was my whole thing with the warning yesterday on Webb and Yama. You know what I'm finding? I am finding that a lot of what I think are hot takes now and, like, from out of left field, I go to TikTok and, like, a hundred people have it. I'm like, son of a bitch. Well, that's because you, you put I it out I don't steal it from them. I came up. No, but you put it out there and then you get you get TikToks that fit what you just said. What, is the phone listening to of the course. show? Oh, you don't know that? Oh, really? Is this another camera deal? Like, is this another Alexa deal where we're like, oh, wow, I can't believe uh, we were talking about toilet paper downstairs, and now I went up on the computer, and it's here 15 minutes later on my sidebar. I was I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about how, like, I've never for any reason searched Disneyland on my phone, and I was having a conversation about, uh, they said, man, ticket prices have really got expensive at Disneyland. And I was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I'm not going there anytime soon. Opened my phone. First ad. Disneyland. Yesterday, I got a. Bevy. By the way, this is not news to anybody. I got a bevy of John Morant defenders, and where is the NRA to back him? That was okay. on TikTok. Okay. I had several TikToks where, like, here's a hot take: Webb and Yama, not a great pick. <laughs> the phone does not get to listen to the show anymore. We got. You're, not, ste- you're not stealing my. Turn stuff. it off during the show. Well, I kind of need it. Well, there are conversations to go back get, and forth. You're going to get TikTok algorithms well, fitting what you're talking well, about. That's on not. The show. That's not right. Come on now. You have no choice. There's got to be some setting on this thing. No listen. Uh, no. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Or at ESPN Las Vegas. Bro, look at this dude, bro. Elkis. Elkis. Chill, brother. God damn. Why, why you do AD, the best defender in the playoffs right now? Why you do him like that, dog? That's actually live audio of me last <laughs> night. Now it's a guy, Chef Baker, up on TikTok, and 
that's where I feel like the, the phone read my mind. Because I was, I was watching that. I'm like, all right, the Lakers are right there. I think they were down 11. It's the waning seconds of the third, uh, the, uh, third quarter. He is, Jokic is pushed out to like 27 feet by AD. And he just chucks a ball over his head and makes the three. And it's like, come on. Lakers are back into the game. now. And, it, and the funny thing is, in the end, the margin was three in the final minute before you know LeBron turned the ball over. I think he got popped on the hand for the turnover. But, like, that three made a big difference. Jokic. Enough. Uh, we got exciting times coming to uh, UNLV basketball. What a get. Great decision, I think, by the family, the Thomas family. And Deidon Thomas Sr. is up with us with Steve and Adam to talk about DJ. How are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're fired up. We're uh, excited. We're uh, Well, we're excited about DJ. I do want to mention real quick, though, that I'm sure uh, you had a chance to uh, check out what was going on with the Lakers and the Nuggets and Jokic. you have any impressions on, on game one and how insane he was? Uh, he's really good. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's really good. Um, it's funny because I can't forget who somebody called me today and they, they, they asked me how would I actually know who called me. Mark Dickel called me. Okay. And he was, he was like, uh, what do you think of Jokic? And I said, and who does he remind me of? He reminds me of, of Dirk Nowitzki, but he's just so crafty. He's not a great athlete, but he has a quick jump. He's just he's just so smart. He's so skilled. He can shoot it like he does everything well. He's just a he's a great basketball player, man. He's really, really, really good. You remember back to your playing days, and uh, Dion was with uh, UNLV for three years in the in the early nineties, and kind of picked up you know right uh, after the uh, glory era. And you played. On, by the way, I will mention you played on a team with Boney and Ryder, and you were a freshman. And I actually went to Rutgers, so. Um, you guys came in. It was only you know, one or two games. You guys lost that year. I was asking Adam too. I'm like, "Hey, do you remember Dion? You know, how old were you?" And you said you moved to Vegas in his sophomore year, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember for sure going to games and watching. Yeah, it was very so exciting. When when you played college basketball, was there a big that you know impressed you as as kind of that that guy who was long and smart and did a little bit of everything? Um, I'm trying to think who was who was around at that time that compares to somebody like that. Um, I just don't. I don't it's know. A, it, it's kind of a different. Back. It's a, the the European influence of the highly skilled yeah. big man. It really has evolved over the last twenty five years. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty scary how how good um, the overseas players are coming here now. It's funny because I just said this about. I said this five years ago, and and you know the African kids that come here now. They're skilled. They weren't skilled five years ago, and there weren't guards coming over. It was just all big guys. Now the guards are coming here now, and they're skilled, and they're big, and they're athletic, and it's starting to get kind of scary. It, it really is. So yeah, these overseas kids are, are coming here, and they're kind of they're kind of they're they're the best man. If you look at the top five six guys in the NBA, they're all kids from overseas. Yep. It's pretty scary. Yep. We uh, we. Well, you as a player spread the spread the game to the rest of the world. It's, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, your son DJ um, is a pretty amazing player. I want you to talk about the decision and this. You know, it sounds like his decision, a family decision, in uh, following in your footsteps to go to UNLV. Yeah, um, we're happy with, with with his decision. And and when I say his decision, it was it was his decision. Um, what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to influence him, or at least I did. I didn't. My wife, you know, she was a little bit more, you know, kind of adamant on what she wanted him to do at the at the end. 
Um, but me personally, uh, I wanted him to make his own decision, and I just wanted to give him all the uh, information to make the best decision for him and his life because at the end of the day, it's his life. It's his bed. He has to sleep in it. And, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to tell him where to go because and if it's a mistake, they come back in three, four, five years and say, you know, why did you leave me there? So it was just one of those things where we didn't want to tell him where to go, but there were some places that we told him not to go. Um, so, uh, again, it was his decision. I think he made a very good decision. And it's funny because he wanted to make a decision before the tournament started and before the, the transfer portal opened up. He wanted to make an announcement. He thought he knew where he wanted to go. Um, and and the, 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 the tournament was over, and he just had to change of heart. I'm not going to say where he was thinking about going, but really? he, said, he said, I really want to stay home. I really want to stay home. And we're like, dude, if that's what you really want to do, then pull the trigger. <laughs> and he did, and I'm happy for him. And, uh, you know, it's it's it was gut-wrenching, you know, the last three, four months for us. We, we didn't sleep a lot. He had so many good choices, man. You know, so many good academic institutions and great, great, great Hall of Fame, big-time coaches. So, I, I, you know, it's funny. I wouldn't want to – I told them all – I used to say all the time, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes, man, because you know you got some you got some some beautiful opportunities. You know, at the end, you had schools like Georgia Tech, uh, Alabama. Um, we got some calls from Kentucky. Um, you know, so he had, he had some really really good opportunities. Uh, Princeton, uh, you know, some really really good academic schools that came in, and and you know, I mean, it was a tough decision, but. You know, he made the he made. I think he he ended up making the right choice for him. DJ Thomas committed to UNLV on Sunday. He's a top twenty-five player in the country in the twenty twenty-four class. Um, when do you guys make it official that he'll reclassify? We're still talking about that as a family. We're just happy that we got past this big obstacle of finding right. the school for him to go to. Because yeah. again, that was that was it was one of those things where we were kind of all over the place. Because um, we had just had so many relationships with different people, um, we have relationships at Florida, UCLA, Arizona. Like there are so many long relationships we've had. So it was it was, it was a tough, tough, tough decision. And we're going to take this thing one day at a time. We just got done with that decision. We'll right. we'll talk here the next week, week or two, and, and figure out exactly what what he's going to do and when he's going to do it. And and you know it'll be a family. This one will really be a family decision. That one was kind of on him, but this one most definitely will will guide him a little bit more on this. And and uh, it's a very unique opportunity to leave early and go play right away with some of the guys that they have coming in and some of the guys that they have coming back. Um, you know, plus the the buzz around the city and the excitement that uh, this 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 team you know has. So yeah, it'll it'll we'll make this decision real soon here. Deion Thomas Senior is with us. DJ Thomas committed to. UNLV, uh, what are some of the things for you that like would dissuade you from telling him to reclassify? What are some of the factors that would you know hold you back a little bit from you know having him play right away? Um, honestly, to tell you the truth, this was the rule for me. This was this is kind of what I told him: if you go SEC, 
if you go uh, Big 12, that's not something I – ACC, that's not something I think you should do. And I told them this. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, these guys are grown men, you know, in, in those conferences. Not that they're, they're not in the, in the Mountain West and Pac-12 and, and, and places like that, but, you know, that's SEC, Big 12, those are the two best conferences in the country um, going away. And you have some big time. Like, you're going to see a dude every night in those conferences. You get no nights off. Not that you do in these other conferences, but those conferences, you got some big-time players in those con- big-time athletes, older guys. Like, you're talking about playing against kids that are 24, 25, 26 years old. You know, they've been to two or three schools. Um, so, so you know, going to the Mountain West, and, and not only that, going to a school that, had some older kids on it, some, you know, the, the three um, Big 12 kids that transfer there. You know, you, you, you got uh, uh, Webb coming back. You got some other guys coming back to UNLV, some older guys. So, you know, this, this UNLV will be a, a, a easier a easier transition to me, um, you know, to, to, to leave early and, and do it there as opposed to going to the Big 12 or the SEC or something like that, you know. I was going to ask, how important is it for him to, I mean, you have this decision about 23 or 24, but how important is it for him to get to play right away? Because we, we have seen decisions the last couple of years where point guards go places. And I don't know, one of the examples I, I bring up is Boswell, who, you know, UNLV was very much in on a year ago. He reclassified, and then he really didn't get to play a lot at Arizona. I think he's going to play a lot now, but how important is playing time when he first gets somewhere? Well, I think uh, uh, Kylan's, Kylan's deal was a little bit different. You know, he was hurt early on, and, and they had two really good season guards in front of him, right. and they had no idea that that was uh, something that that was, that was going to happen. Um, he was going to miss five. So he was going to miss the whole season pretty much in high school. And, you know, why not go early, practice with the team, hmm. you know, get accustomed to it, and, and, and do it that way rather than stay in high school and, and, and play against high school guys and, 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 and rehab in high school where you can go to a Division I school like Arizona and, and really have a, have a real, you know, real trainer, real, you know, real guys around you to take care of you. Um, but in DJ's case, we had already talked about him going to school in January at the semester break, where, wherever he was going to go to school. Because he was just, honestly, I looked at him around this time last year and I said, I'm pretty good at kind of forecasting what he's going to look like the next year. And I remember telling him, I said, man, around this time next year, you're going you're gonna to want to go to school. You're going to be ready to go to school. And it's like every year he takes a really big jump. He works on something different, and he just looks different. And when I see him playing in the summertime right now, against some of these high school kids. Um, I think the biggest compliment you can give somebody that plays in any sport is that it's slowed down for him. And when you look at him play now, he's so poised. And it's, 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 the game has slowed down for him in high school. And it just looks easy. And not that it'll be easy playing Division One basketball, but it's, it's slowed down for him. And some of the things that we're seeing him do um, this summer – it's 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 time for him to it's time for him to go play 
and 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 Division One basketball, and even talking to some of the the other schools that was recruiting them, the UCLA's, the, you know, the Arizonas, you know, they're 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 willing to take him right now. Um, so again, when you see how how big of a jump he's taken from last year to right now, he's he's ready. He, he's ready. If you if you ask me. You mentioned it was his decision, and obviously you guys, you know, gave your input and gave him his guidance. Uh, but to you, besides just being at home and wanting to be a part of, you know, rebuilding this program to where it was, what what are the factors that went into wanting him to stay at UNLV and to go there? Um, number one, I mean, he's home. You know what I mean? Uh, he's 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 in his comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? There's there's no need. You know, and it's funny because when I talk to people now, they 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 say they say things like it it makes sense because it does. Like when you look at everything that's going on right now, you know, with the transfers and uh, you know just how he's playing and and what UNLV needs, it's 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 it just fits. You know what I mean? It's it's just a really good fit. And and the other thing about DJ's game is all of his life he's always played with kids two years older. Um, we've never played or looked at kids from his class. Number one, I always told him that 2023 class, all of those kids usually reclass down. And all of the, I told him all those 2023 kids, they're coming to your class anyway. So you may as well look at those kids. They're they're coming. And I, I told him that from, like, fourth, fifth grade up to, like, dude, they're going to reclass and come down to your class. And the other thing I told him is if you really want to be great and you really you really are trying to be a pro one day, you look at those kids in the 2022 class and then the 2021 class, and, and you, you, you measure yourself with those kids. You don't measure, measure kids by how old you are uh, by your age. You look at those kids that are two and three years older than you. And when you get to ninth, tenth grade, if you could play with those eleventh and twelfth grade kids, then then you have something, you know. Then you have something. So we've never looked at kids his age ever. He's never played with kids his age. And this would have been this would have been the first year. Next year coming up, he'd have been playing with kids his own age. And it's just like I don't think that's the way you get better, and I don't think that's the way you become great. You become great by playing with older, bigger, faster, stronger kids. So that way you get used to the bump. You get used to the speed of uh, what it looks like. You get used to the physicality of it. You get used to the length. Um, you get used to the quickness. And that's how that's how you build them. That's 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 my philosophy. Yeah, that's a fresh perspective. A lot of a lot of holdbacks. A lot a lot of a lot of guys playing against younger guys when they're high school prospects. Um, DJ is how old right now? He's seventeen. Wow. Okay. So he's on the he is on the. The younger side. So one thing we haven't talked about, because um, I, you know, I saw you, you know, you and the family and, and DJ um, at the games, um, mm-hmm. and I know you know Kevin Kruger recruited this whole thing very aggressively. What do you like about Kevin Kruger? I think the main thing I like about him personally is Kevin's a good person, yeah. and that is uh, that means a lot to, to our family. Um, we've always been very careful who we've had our kids around. Um, I have my own program, and I've had my own program for going on 20 years now. I started with Troy Brown Sr. Um, Troy Brown Jr. Uh, came through our program 
uh, uh, Jeter, um, Ray Smith, uh, Marcus Howard out of Arizona. We've had a lot of really, really good kids come through our program. So we started our program because, uh, you know, we just wanted them around positive people, um, good people. And I think, I think that's Kevin's biggest um, plus to me is that he's a good person. And I know he gets some slack for being young and people talk about, well, uh, what, you know, is he a good coach? Like Kevin's a point guard. Um, He was born a point guard. His, His dad was a great coach. And it's usually pretty easy when you're a point guard. It doesn't always work, but it's usually pretty easy to, to make that jump from being a point guard to a coach because that's what you are on the court, court anyway when you're playing. You're the coach on the court. And so when I hear people talk about, well, Kevin, maybe Kevin's not a good coach. It's like, come on, man. Like the kid, he's been, he's been, he's been coaching for two years. He's been a head coach for two years. We all have our, our growing pains. He'll figure it out. He will. And I have faith that he'll figure it out. Um, and, and I think he's, he showed that he can coach the last two years. Last year, when I watched UNLV play the very first game, I remember telling people around me, this team is going to win 22 games easy if they stay healthy. Easy to win 22 games. Easy. Right. And it would have happened if they wouldn't have gotten hurt. Some of those kids wouldn't have gotten hurt. Um, I thought they were doing a hell of a job with, with those guys. And then, you know, the the, the, the injury bug hit them, and, and that's what hurt them. But to answer your question, I think he's a really good person. Um, I think he will figure it out eventually, and uh, I think he'll get this thing rolling. We just have to be patient, and we have to give him time to build this thing. Um, like they say, Rome wasn't built in a day, and you have to give him time and be patient, and he'll get it He'll get it figured out. I think they're on the right track now um, with this transfer portal thing. I think they kind of figured it out, and I think a lot of these coaches around the country are, are kind of figuring it out. Um, watching the tournament last year. Uh, or, or uh, four or five months ago, people are, people are gonna figure this thing out, and they're gonna. They're, I think I think we're gonna be fine at UNLV. I really do. Well, for DJ and your family, I'm glad the process is over. You guys can move on, and uh, you know, eventually have him playing college basketball close to home. A thrilling decision for the market and for the city. So, thank you so much, and great conversation. We want to get you on during the summer, talk some more basketball. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. There he is, Dino Thomas. The legacy continues. You'll think it's it is definitely a relief. We'll uh, we'll react to a lot of the things he said on the way back, and then we'll hand it off to the national broadcast of the Celtics and the Heat. Join Cofield and Company live every Thursday at the William Hill Race and Sports Book. Weekly giveaways and awesome game day food and drink specials. Thursdays, 3 to 6 p.m. at the William Hill Race and Sports Book inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Stick your hand so in there, dude. That was a great interview with Dion Thomas Sr. about DJ. We will replay parts of that tomorrow. It'll be up on LV Sports Network today, so you can re-listen to it. Uh, a couple things to get done here before we leave Team Chevy. You want to stop on by. We're going to be pulling the name for the TV here, giving away a 50-inch TV in just a couple minutes. But you want to come by. They've got their anniversary sale all month long. Mega savings. Mega savings. Um, and 95. I also got to mention we have – a few more of the sandwiches from Porta Subs. Thank you to uh, Porta Subs for providing the food. Sean, one of our super listeners, said that uh, he bets that I'm going to stuff a few of the sandwiches in my cargo pants pockets. Now, wearing cargo pants today, and I will not do that. Can I get this in on time? Yes. Um, 
It's been a big thing the last couple of days on social media about the Rebel Roller, the UNLV football slot machine. And I said yesterday on social media, it's, I think it's Dunsky. And then this morning someone said it's not. UNLV put out a statement, so I'm sure this is going to hit the web soon. Uh, while we appreciate the support of IGT for creating the visual for the football team to be in greater alignment with the Nevada Gaming Control Board, the Rebel Roller will not be returning to the sidelines of Allegiant Stadium. Cool idea from the previous staff, but I'm sure they'll come up with something new. So the slot machine is not going to be around anymore. Thanks again to Team Chevy. Mateo, great job. Ari, Adam, excellent, excellent show today. We'll see you.